Welcome to the Contractor's Best Friend Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Humphrey, and we're sponsored today again by Caterpillar and also by 4constructionpros.com. I'm joined in the studios today with two of the experts. Jason Hurtis will be with us. He's from Caterpillar Quarry and Aggregates, uh, an expert in that area. And the expert from uh, Caterpillar's heavy construction and road building is Lonnie Fritz. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Very good, Brad. Today is a focus on equipment, both utilization and availability. So we're going to talk about that, break that down. And Lonnie, I'd like to kind of get you started on the utilization side of this thing, you know, tracking to determine equipment's best utilization or tracking uptime. Give us some of the reasons for that and, and why they might be interested in applying that in their own company. We need to have a full visualization into the machines being utilized or not utilized. It's one thing to have them on the job, but are they being put to work? Uh, I like to call it effective utilization, which is really adding to the bottom line, trying to check those things off the list right as we build out that project. How do we measure it? Well, we're back to telematics, connectivity. A lot of information out there on connectivity. Connect your machines, connect your site, monitor it. You know, we always start with service meter units, right? Or the hour meter reading. That's one look at it. But Mm. we have taken that so much further than just having a readout on the dial. That just tells you how long the engine has ran. Right. Were those productive hours or not? And that's where you get into more advanced productivity or even cap productivity these days. And really trying to break down cycle segmentation, showing, let's say, a hauling unit. Was it idling? Was it actually running? Where did it dump? Where did um, where did it get loaded from? You know, tracking the load count, tracking the payload. Um, motor graders is another great example. Very new to the market, not the machine, but the technology. Hmm. Was it roading, ripping, blading, waiting? Before, what did we know, Brad? Can we, it define we, the, th- the three or four categories? Yes, wow. it will break that out. It will give you that in the back office Vision Link platform um, and actually understand what the machine was doing or not doing for better, again, understanding utilization. The one last thought I'll, I'll add here before you hand it off, and that is just matching it to the application. Right. If you have a machine that's not matched to the application, you're not going to get the best utilization. Well, I think it also worth, could be a safety issue. Well, that's worth knowing. I mean, you, you can use it. It's, it's as simple as the straight edge screwdriver being yes. used in a Phillips edge top, right? Absolutely. There's a, there's a tool for everything. Yep. Right tool for the right job. Awesome. Jason, when you look at it from this standpoint, uh, the telematics, I know that's become just almost priceless for, for, for most of us. Are contractors using this information? The ones that want to track their fleet and make, get the most out of their fleet certainly are. And, and utilization is a key. Uh, think of a quarry in my world. You know, a 994 wheel loader is really cool. But if you're not using it to its maximum potential, it's very, very expensive. And then how many haulers do you need? Are all your haulers being utilized? You can tell all that through utilization. And then flip over to the yard. Hmm. You know, every quarry is busy at 5 a.m. to 8 a.m., right? That's when all the trucks are there. They're busy right before lunch, right after lunch, and right before you close. So intuitively, you know that, but you can match your fleet for those peak periods and make sure that you're optimizing your utilization and then controlling the rest of your operating costs at the same time. Well, it's easy enough. I mean, the phrase of, you know, we want more uptime than downtime is, is without a doubt. And this is, a, you know, some of the piece of equipment is pretty expensive stuff not to be utilized, right? And if you're going to use it, let's make sure we're using it in the same and the right the manner. And coming from the project management side of the industry, you know, about eight years ago, Brad Ford joined CAT, I have a project budget. And if that machine's on my job, it's going to be charged against some pay item mm-hmm. on a unit price pay item job, right? So if I want to be profitable, 
I better be putting those machines to work, actually producing revenue, right? So we can be profitable at the end of the day. There is a cost there that the company is going to recover. Yeah. And I don't want to get into HR issues, but is this thing as sensitive to, does every new operator hops on there, write it, do they have a code number they put in? Do we, does the telematics include who's been operating that piece of equipment? If the machines have an operator ID, yeah, you can okay, track so everything can... that goes with that particular operator. And again, I wouldn't use it as a, a hammer or no, a stick. No. I'd use it as, you know, a training and awareness and education. Because I have yet to meet an operator that wakes up in the morning and says, I'm just going <laughs> to completely screw up everything I ever do. They're just not built that way. Mm-hmm. But they don't know what they don't know. Right. So it can help you as an organization, you know, with your training, retention, um, and your performance. One of the things, especially for some of your customers that have larger fleets, is the availability of equipment. What might be some advice there? I mean, it, it, I know it's more than just counting the number of pieces of equipment out there, but but what are some considerations from an owner's standpoint? Well, back to telematics is understanding what machines are in our fleet to start with, what machines are available, and then if machines are assigned to a project, are they being utilized or not? Or do we need to move it on to somewhere else? Because truth of the matter is, Brad, I mean, a contractor is going to use what they own first, right? right. That's because right. that's how we can keep our rental bill down, That's right? right? Or having to lease a machine. Um, if we have two excavators out there, a 30 ton size, and there's one or two of those needed, if we don't have awareness and understanding of that, what are we probably going to do? We're going to go rent one. Now we're going to have two still sitting idle and we're paying rent on the other. It gets expensive in a hurry. Yeah, but it does. Yeah, I mean, my world's a little bit easier. My machines usually don't leave where they're at. <laughs> right. So even location is important, you know, especially in Lonnie's world. Where is that 336 excavator or where is that work tool that I need today? How far away is it? How fast can I get it? How, how can I get it over to my job? Again, most of my machines don't kind of leave the gates, but <laughs> um, location is almost as important as maximizing the utilization once once you know what you need let's match let's talk about for just a quick moment matching up the operator with the equipment you know I, I it's amazing to me that you put a bunch of steel together but it still has a personality <laughs> and there are mm-hmm. some operators that just seem to adapt quicker to one piece of equipment mm-hmm. but just doesn't feel right when they're running something else can you guys talk about that yeah, you know, Brad, it, it, a lot of it depends on the complexity. Yeah. You know, certain machines are a little bit more complex. Um, I don't want to say complicated, but more complex to operate. And also, what applications are you trying to do? Take uh, the tried-and-true track-type tractor, right? Caterpillar's built on the dozer, the very first product. If you start out as a novice operator, maybe the first time running a dozer, I would probably look at putting them in a waste site where they're just pushing off, simply pushing off. Then do we graduate to stockpiling, maybe pushing up material? Um, from there, are we managing material by spreading out truck dumps? And now we get into cutting a ditch. And then we get into finish grading and fine grading. Um, so it's kind of that hierarchy of complexity. Is that operator really matched to that machine? We all understand that riding a screed of a paver, there's a lot of responsibility. For one thing, you're laying a very, very expensive material right. That's right. <laughs> uh, that you have to really be following yield. You're trying to give smoothness the best you can to your compactor operators. You know, there's a, there's a lot that goes into running a paver and on the screed. So matching the mindset 
the background, the skill level, if there's no background, start with training, go with simulators, get them on the machines and let them graduate on up through the various machines based on complexity and also what is the job at hand. If I'm running an excavator with a, with a hammer on it, just breaking oversize, mm -hmm. that's going to be a little bit easier than maybe trying to grade out a pond using 3D. Well, I tell you what, this you can we can almost take a little segment that you just shared almost and put it into a training process because it's really what need that's the process you should be following when you have a, a new individual. Um, Jason, I'm gonna let you kind of wrap this up, but I do want you to include if you can. I, and I've heard this term many times, and I know everybody's got a little different definition. Asset management software. What what is it? And then also, how what would a contractor do with it? What what are the benefits of having this software? Well, asset management software is kind of like uh, saying Xerox. It's it's a kind of a generic term. Um, our asset management software is is Vision Link or Telematics, and there's other third party softwares out there, but it basically tells you everything about your fleet, your utilization, your fuel, your payload, your locations. So again, you can take schedule for maintenance, that type of thing. Yep, the whole gives, you, okay. gives you everything. It's a it's a remote fleet manager basically. So instead of visiting every machine, getting the hours and what's going on, you can get all that from your phone or from your laptop, anywhere in the in the world. So it's vital to maintaining fleet because everybody's more competitive now, and you want to be more competitive in the marketplace. And you can't do it alone. You have to use telematics to to be at the tip of the spear. Yeah. Lonnie, anything you want to add to that? Yeah. What, what Jason's saying there is you could be on your boat and still understand what's going on in your job sites, Brad. Exactly. So it'd work That's well right. for you. Right. But yeah, <laughs> I, I just say digital visualization, yeah. right? We, we have the CAD app out there, pull out your smartphone, or like Jason said, take it all the way up to your desktop computer, um, run the dual screen monitors and measure anything, or, or I should say track anything from where are my assets all the way up to, do I have fault codes, alerts, push these out to the maintenance department? Yeah. Oh, by the way, what is utilization? Get in on that whole productivity side. And, and managing. It's a great uh, way to train. It's a great way to preserve those assets that we all understand don't come cheap. So let's continue to try to get that all that first life out of them. If we, our reputation is and our strategy is a second life, um, continue to manage and operate um, through the Vision Link system for that full visualization and have an asset with a maximized resale value, what yeah. Cat's known for. I, I tell you, this is really hard for me, and, and I don't even, I'm not a direct employee of Caterpillar, as you guys know, but I'm, uh, I, I love what I hear around the country when I work with people that have Cat equipment, and there's just a difference. There's just, guys, there's, you guys have built such a wonderful system, and the telematics, I think, is a bigger deal. And, and really, you said something earlier too, Lonnie, I thought was really cool. This isn't complicated, but it is complex. And, it, and, and it's like you're giving us a, a many options to be more knowledgeable about our equipment. Mm -hmm. That's what this whole thing about usage and utilization, all that should be supported with that instead of just a, you know, kind of a thumb in the air to see what kind of day we're having or, or who we have or who we don't have running that equipment anymore. This has been really educational, guys. Thank you so much for the information. Hey, if you'd like to have some more information, certainly love for you to listen to this again. Uh, but if you'd like to have some other topics that uh, certainly Lonnie and Jason have commented on over the last few years, go to cat.com or uh, fordconstructionpros.com and there are the archives. You'll be able to go back in the, in the last years and be able to find some other topics. Guys, again, thank you for today. Hey, for you contractors, have a great day. Use the information you're hearing. Best of luck this year. Find out more information around the topics we covered during the Contractor's Best Friend podcast on the fordconstructionpros.com Profit Matters page. Look for the link on the top of the 4constructionpros.com website.